Hey, welcome to Ask Mom and Dad. It's just another episode on just another day and just another warm, sunny, not overdraft, kind of, yeah, kind of warm Washington, Washington instead of, woof, that's a new word, woof. You know, I don't know. I just, I know that I'm afraid that no matter what happens, as pretty as it is outside today in Washington, probably tomorrow I'm going to go outside and get smacked in the face with a foggy, dreary day and a okay. lot of people in sad Speaking things. of your fear, we're going to talk about what we're afraid of and if it's real. To see and how good we yeah. work on transitions. That's exactly what I was going for. <laughs> so, I set you up because yeah, you're I love hilarious. you. I'm going to read a little bit of Psalm 46 because I think it's an 46. appropriate jump way to jump right in, in there. Yeah. So the question of the day is what? Um, that's what I'm going to read a little bit, and we'll figure out what the question is. Okay. What should we be afraid of? Maybe that's what I... What are, we af- what are you afraid God of? God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not be afraid, though the earth trembles. Sounds like an earthquake. The mountains topple into the depths of the sea. Could be a little bit fearful. In fact, that makes me think of a volcano. You know how the top of the mountain just kind of goes... We're shroom. afraid that all of our... Though its waters water. roar and foam and the mountains quake with its turmoil um down further nations rage kingdoms topple the earth melts when god lifts his voice the lord of hosts is with us the god of jacob is our stronghold and then on if you even go further it it's actually talking about god bringing war on the nations and how that's probably something to be feared but the whole psalm started out god is our refuge and strength a helper who is always found in times of trouble okay I wanted to read a little bit of this because it occurred to me, um, I kind of don't understand the whole anxiety craze these days. It's it's, it's kind of like, well, it's kind it's of like a, a trend. Yeah, it seems like <laughs> everybody's got anxieties and, you know, they have to tell us about their this or that anxieties that are hindering them from doing whatever. You mean like it's panic real. attack type Well, stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's like a, that's what I mean. It's like these terms that I think I'm not sure exactly what people mean. I think we've watched some people. We know of one girl who legitimately had panic attacks, couldn't get onto an airplane because she shut down. I, it was just a real strange thing. Um, then there was, but it occurred to me that I had, when I was young, there was the threat of tornadoes all around. And I'm, I grew up in Missouri, and it was always... Thunderstorms were okay, but if you heard lightning, crazy lightning or crazy wind, or um, the radio told you there's you know a tornado watch or whatever, I would get these shakes and, and legitimately you know well up with... Um, uh, it was kind of like I couldn't control my voice. I mean, there was legitimately physical yeah. reactions to this type of fear. Well, I would go in the basement. We, we we were safe. And in reality, I never even saw a tornado that actually destroyed too much, at least around the place right. I grew up. Of course, when we were in Wisconsin, we saw it destroy whole cities. And since then, I mean, Joplin, Missouri was just about wiped off the planet by uh, tornadoes, five, whatever, category five. But when I... I remember those reactions being that I didn't know what to expect, knew that I could be safe, but there was a couple of times I think my mom, my parents weren't home. So you just kind of in the corner in your basement, you're just, you know, shivering, kind of wondering what's going to happen next. Now we have a daughter who loves thunderstorms. She's not at all panicked about uh, tornadoes and they have a plan. Rory says, 
if it's close or if we don't have any time we're supposed to get in the bathtub if you know if we do have plenty of time we go down to grandma don's whatever she's got a plan so well, that's that, cool <laughs> that daughter is more like me because when i got near a tornado i didn't shake her quiver i was i drove around the tree <laughs> and when well, around a, a what tree, tree fell in the street oh. <laughs> i was driving i didn't know i mean we were out I was a teenager, so I didn't have the storm warning things. There was a oh, storm and I right, was driving, but we had like ACDC <laughs> cranked all the way up in the car. So we're like, <laughs> you know, we're just going at it. And so all of a sudden a tree goes <laughs> down the street. I'm going, dang, this weather's bad. So I looked at my friend Steve. I said, what do you think we should do? And he goes, go around it. And so backed up. We went around it. And then we went over to Lenox Square. I'm from Atlanta. And we went over to Lenox Square Mall. And then I noticed that the skylights at Lenox Square we're all out. And so then I thought, maybe we should turn off the radio and listen to see what's going on. And so I flip it on. I'm going, dude, that tornado like was so not so far was from that tree. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just through. driving along. And, and I, you know, for some reason, it never occurred to me when the tree fell in to front of me afraid, that maybe. Right? So you didn't know I had, be didn't have enough anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and you had a little, had too, a little much. too much. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think maybe times. that's a, that's a good, good definition to kind of come from maybe a working point is fear is a yeah. proper response to a real threat. I think anxiety is where you have yeah, more unknown, response maybe. than you need to have to some, for to example, you used to getting exactly. on an airplane. If I'm going to get on an airplane, is it possible the airplane could fall and crash and burn from this? Well, it could fall, crash and burn in that order actually uh, from the sky and kill everyone on board. That's what will happen if the plane goes down. Every time I get on an airplane, I have a little bit of anxiety. It's like, I'm getting in a hollow metal tube with wings on it. How does it fly? I don't know. But I'm going to trust the dude up front and those thrusters on the side that they're going to take me to high altitude and high speed and get me safely to my daughter's yeah. house where and we can do... And they say, if it doesn't make the new... If and when it stops making the news that airplanes have gone then down, then you might really want to be careful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but okay. But, so, so another, I have anxiety, but it doesn't stop me from. I getting was going to say. So another time that I can relate to a little bit of an emotional response, like you just said, that's an over the top. Your body kind of actually does things that seem out of your control Crazy. and then you have to take control. We just talked in our last podcast about kind of taking control of your emotions, but I could see where anxieties, quote unquote, might be where you feel out of control because of unknowns, um, but like you said, kind of an unrealistic. Um, so when I get a phone call that I've had a little bit, maybe I couldn't get a hold of somebody that I love for a little while, you know, and I get a phone call, like finally they're calling me. I've had that kind of sense of, you know, your heart races and you get a little bit of a, and I almost get this kind of weird um I don't know what it is. It's it, it's like your whole sense body's kind of out of control. Yeah, instance of dread. Until whoever it is you're talking to and they calm you down, everything's fine, whatever. You know, <laughs> then you finally can First be... mom, I want <laughs> you to know I'm all right. Yeah, and exactly. Crap, what's wrong with the car? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. <laughs> who, who ran so into you? kind of walk through those unknowns and finally you're to the other side of it and okay, we're okay. okay. Whose fault is it? But I wanted to say that the thing about any of those that does, and it does kind of happen, and I know some people feel this way probably about anxieties happens a little bit out of their control a little bit out of their their choice their desire maybe but then what do we do with that do we sit in that and and just kind of hang on to it you know and let it kind of be who we are when you're when you're or 
or dealing with an unknown and so you're kind of waiting on the solution to that like when the kids well are i'm just of, saying i guess the emotional responses we're having because is, is that what it is that is well you use the example of the kids being out. i think it's kind of funny and, that we don't worry at all about our children who are uh, you know two of them are in the navy unless we know one of them's supposed to be coming home for the weekend and they're running behind then all of a sudden we care yeah um, <laughs> all of a sudden like, we're i'm nervous there's yeah. almost, I, they were on a warship not long ago and it never <laughs> crossed my mind for seven months while they're out in the ocean choring off the seas of China that there could be a conflict or something. But, oh, and it's you know, always... When they're driving home, we're panicked that they might run into something Well, like it's always true that you find out afterwards when you should have been panicked. And, the, you know, <laughs> you always tell... And the Bible even says, why do you worry? Because it's not going to even add one... Uh, what is it? One hair head. to your head or one hour to your life, life or whatever. There's, It doesn't help. Yeah, it's Jesus' way of saying, until I'm done with you, you're immortal. But, so yeah. just don't worry about it. But it is true that our bodies have physical responses, I think, to things that are, like you had said, to an over an overshoot of something that's unrealistic. It's an uh, unnaturally large an, response to the yeah. situation. So, Or to what is not fear even Fear is a thing. Right? You should, okay, that's God-given. So we have fear. It's supposed to be there. The Bible tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, wisdom. Um, and so... Yeah, and, and let's talk about that for just one second. A, a healthy fear means that we know what he is capable of. So we stand at a distance kind of in a sense of understanding his power at the same time as fearing him first and above all things is going to guard us from other types of fears that are unrealistic, right? So there's... There's a right. there's that definition of fear, which is more of a respect or a an honor in understanding his power versus something else. Right. Right. But then there's a genuine. Well, you reference you asked me about Matthew ten twenty eight earlier when Jesus said, "Don't fear those who can kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. Rather, fear the one, fear him who's able to destroy both the soul and body in, in hell." Mm-hmm. The Jesus's point there is, you guys are stressed out about daily stuff and from Jesus's point of view your life and death on earth um, are not what matters it's the larger eternal aspect of things because we're bigger than just these bodies which is grateful I'm grateful for because this body's pretty big um, but there's a, a reality that that we need to understand is why is it that we live in um, with this anxiety that's or this fear yeah. that's misplaced Jesus says it's misplaced well, we talked, the last podcast we did, we talked a little bit about identity and how what I feel like today's slant on these anxieties that people deal with or this sort of legitimate trend to kind of um, ther- find therapy for their ang- anxious, you know, whatever it is, their anxieties. I, I hear it thrown around all the time. The, the I think a lot of it comes back to identity because most of the fear or the the anxiety that I hear people res, uh, referring to tends to be like social situations or um, the, so it seems like it's related to rejections or maybe uh, someone's opinions of what I'm supposed to be yeah, or look like. It's not or, just fear of death; it's fear of not belonging. Well, yeah, I these, think there's yeah, an anxiety of, of losing. That's a, that's a really fair point. I think. Um, anxiety in the scripture, you know, you say that, um, oh gosh, I was looked up. Um, I lost it. Oh, there it was. Proverbs twelve twenty five. 
anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down, but a good word cheers it up. In other words, you know, anxiety right. is is this sense of dread. The, the the word anxiety in 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 the spirit of defining words is a, is a dread or imminent fear of. Um, that there's there's this sense that something's going to go wrong. Ezekiel says, "Son of man, eat your bread with trembling and drink your water with shaking and anxiety." Just this sense that something's going, the the, the other foot's going to fall, as it was. <laughs> and yeah. so, and a lot of like people like a doomsday there. kind yeah. of. Well, and I think that some of that sense. is because we all know that. I think truth, any man who's being honest with himself realizes that as much as you want to say you are, you may be a good person relative to some people, but you're probably not a good person. Inside you, <laughs> there are battles, things that war within you yeah. that leave us with a sense of, of understanding that we judge ourselves. And if we have any willingness to acknowledge that there's another judge, then no, that can right. create a bit of anxiety yeah. that's even more so problematic. And I think that's what Ezekiel is getting at there is that you're eating your bed with anxiety because you know that judgment's a thing. And well, so judgment, not just from like the God of the universe, but or, yeah. you said your peers were right, afraid that we're right. going to be just on a social circle. And that's what Jesus was getting at when he's saying, why are you worried about people who can kill your, yeah. your body? I mean, today he would have to say, why are you worried about people who can kill your social status? Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> he's like, gosh, you guys have gotten so Bring much more petty over the last 2000 yeah. years. You know, now you're worried about your Instagram <laughs> likes, you know, <laughs> oh my gosh, a hundred people unliked me this week. Oh, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, but we well, live in a society that lives and dies by that, literally. Yes, and they, they do. And you hear about suicides all the time from literally not, somehow not getting to the social tr- uh, state that they think social they're supposed ladder, to be in. Social ladder, climb the ladder. Whatever. But it's, it's funny because I don't think any High school of this is, brutal. is left out <laughs> of what our instructions are when in Philippians, Paul says, don't worry about anything. Mm-hmm. But That's in dead. everything... Through prayer and petition, meaning that tell God about all your issues, with thanksgiving, reminding yourself of what you are thankful for, let your request be made known to God. Tell him. Don't worry about it. Tell Instead, him. tell God what your struggles are. I have always had a journal, um, literally just a blank book that I write in, and it's it's probably full of all my anxieties, if I were to say. Um, I mean, of any type of any concern or worry, and I have a lot of them. I'm a mom to I raised seven kids, and and then there's a bunch of grandkids, of and there's an eighth one that's come to yeah. live near us and um, claim us, and we claim her. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of concern. There's a lot of thoughts about what could go wrong or what might or might not be something we should be concerned about or whatever. But the bottom line is God has given us everything we need. He's given us the secrets. The secrets are don't worry about it. Instead, in everything, through prayer and and petition, meaning when you – I got on my knees one time because my two oldest kids, first time they'd ever driven out by themselves and they were in the little that little green truck together, went up to a school to participate in something – thought for sure it'd take them a couple hours it was like well past noon you know they left at what 7 30 that morning or something crazy like that and I was like I was literally there was a panic of they're dead on the road somewhere I mean it was just one of those you know mom moments where I just couldn't control my thoughts and my emotions I got on the bathroom floor and I think that's what this word is I petitioned God save them rescue them be with them whatever you know God, you're going to, and I'm going to stay here until you give me some peace about that, you know, because it felt heavy to me. Like yeah. you read it a minute ago. Um, the heaviness of it was was h- hard, and and I held it. But I 
stayed there. And I petitioned, and even with a few tears probably, and finally I was at peace. The rest of that scripture says, and the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, and and in another translation says, um, surpasses our understanding. Like literally you don't even know why. You're all of a sudden at peace. Well, guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And I believe that's exactly what has happened to me so many times. I'm begging God on my knees and I, I'm overwhelmed with peace. I knew, literally knew all of a sudden they were fine and they would be contacting me soon. And sure enough, within, you know, half an hour or whatever, I got a message that they were fine. They were on their way or they pulled up in the driveway. I don't even yeah. know what happened ne- next. But I think Psalm 94, 19 things, says that. I am, when I'm filled with cares, your comfort brings me joy. Yeah, that's awesome. I just well, and there's like, so many. Cool cast your cares on um, God. He says, cast your cares on me because I care for you. There's so many First places Peter like that in Peter. Yeah. But this, the next part to me is what I meant by the secret. So the secret, first take it to God and be thankful because the thankfulness is going to switch your mindset already. It's going to help you find the positives to be thankful for. But also, listen to this. Finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever uh, is honorable, whatever is noble. just, oh, and yeah, whatever's noble, whatever's pure, pure. whatever's lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's moral excellence kind of anywhere, if there's any moral excellence, and if there's any praise, dwell on these things. <laughs> Replace those silly thoughts, those thoughts that are weighing you down, those anxious thoughts, those thoughts that are whatever it might be, because most of them are probably selfish, or most of them are centered so much on yourself you can't get outside of what you know it might look like outside of that thought. Right. Or... Um, most of those thoughts are so negative that they're obviously taking you down a rabbit hole of despair. Find something to rejoice in. Find something to keep, to to focus your mind back on. Whatever's true. Can you find something that's true? Not that you think might be true, but that's actually true. <laughs> what is honorable? What is lovely? What is noble? I love the noble word because it makes you think, whatever is, you know, somebody out there is being uh, like a, I think of a knight in shining armor or whatever. Who's being noble? Who is being... I think that's probably why I like the some of the silly Marvel movies and stuff. <laughs> I mean, at least we're kind of concentrating on somebody doing something good. Well, you know? we, we, aspire, we aspire to that, which is more um, lofty, I think. But it's difficult for us in our own... We have our... Again, I think it goes back to our own self-view. Gets mm-hmm. in the way of our ability. We think that's that good things happen to other people, but they don't happen yeah. to us. But right. terrible things never happen to other people. They always happen to Apparently, us. I tend to think that, that's, that there are, there's a rare breed of people out there that don't feel that way. And I think personality types, we talked about wiring oh, sure. before and how Absolutely. we're dispos- dispossessed to believe certain things b- based upon how we're, we're functionality. And again, I'll say what I said last week. The... Um, the the way that you are doesn't mean that's the way you're you're to be that's not a it's neither a hey i'm the best wired person on earth <laughs> so i'll no, just be that way i'm just going to be that way if you're even if you're the best wired person on earth you're still not jesus so you have somewhere <laughs> to go exactly from right. here you just may have a leg up on somebody who's constantly stressed or worried but i, I think one of the things i um i think is important to understand when it talks about anxiety fear i think is there is a is a proper proportional response to a real danger Okay. Sure. This is you want to know how I define fear and anxiety. Here's how I've defined it. Okay. Is a real and proper proportionate dis, uh, response 
to a, um, a proper and proportional response to a real danger. I did not have that when a tree fell in front of my car during a tornado. <laughs> I should have had less curiosity about what was going on. I shouldn't have gone around the tree. I should have gone home. Um, instead, I was actually walking through that mall later going, wow, this is so cool. It's not so smart. <laughs> anxiety, on the other hand, is when extreme anxiety is when you have a disproportionate fear of something to the point to where you can no longer function in society. And now I'm not saying there's levels of anxiety, but I'm, the one I want to address for a second is what is happening in someone when they can't function? They, they're they're petrified. They're frozen in space mm -hmm. because anxiety has so overwhelmed them. Can't get on an airplane, can't leave the house, can't get in a car, can't take a walk, can't talk to someone, um, can't go into the woods because a spider might be there. There's, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, a, a disproportionate response. I think that's a, that's an extreme. That's where pan panic attacks become a thing. There's a disproportionate response. Literally begins to have a physical alteration altercation in your body that keeps you from being able to function. You, we talked earlier um, about someone who can can't stay at work. They got to get the day's over. I got to go home because I'm having a panic attack. How can you figure out how to stay at work? What needs to happen? How do you? How would you? How do you look at those things? Does that help? Does that or just leave you? That was well, a you, broad question there. Yeah, but I was already addressing somewhat the way I would. How you would, but things. how do you help someone well, who's dealing with that? That's what so I'm getting at. So you apparently need to tell us because I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't have an answer. I'm asking you. That's the whole point. Um, I asked you first. That's funny because I have all the answers. <laughs> you well, well, to me, this is the girl. answer. I think that's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't know. You said that's how I would do it. Well, the only thing I know is exactly what I was just saying. The only answer there really is is that you don't know what's going to help you god's the only one that does right. so in those moments of extremes i still think it's up to that person it, am i wrong about this maybe i no, don't understand enough about it to choose what they're going to believe in that moment sometimes it's a, a matter of a choice sometimes it's not maybe quite that easy because sometimes i think the enemy has a stronghold on our we just read i just read that scripture there's strongholds that the enemy builds up and they are legitimately his work in our heads and our minds to not allow us um to let god free those things um to be under his control so I think in those times, prayer is the only answer I would have anyway. But but legitimately talking out that, trying to figure out what the bottom line of that fear is. Okay, you just hit Where one. is that, that fear coming from? I think what you said about prayer earlier and then just reiterated that now is the one thing we can do for someone who's stuck in that is pray with them, not for them, but with them. Absolutely. Because to have that person then begin to confess. Because, okay, here's, here's the thing. If the Bible tells us that fear is the beginning of knowledge... The fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. And it's telling us to believe something. Mm -hmm. It's saying believe that God is the beginning of knowledge. In other words, understand that God has all authority. And so to yeah. fear him is a proper response in the sense that he has the authority over life and death, not just for the body, but for the soul. Yeah. So he has all that. So fear in this case is not a paralyzing thing, but an, an, an opened door for you to say, I can, I'm... You know, you don't put your hand in fire. You have a fear of fire not to put your hand in it, but it's also useful to warm you and to cook your food and stuff like that. So you don't avoid it. 
you it becomes a tool. So I, in that sense, in, while it's a, not the greatest analogy, in that sense, God is similar in that you know He is something that can burn you in this, and to use that term not not in a terrible way, but it can heart that He can tear up the body and the soul. Well, he has that but power. He, he has the power to do so. But His goal or desire is to to warm you and feed you, to take care of you, to, to help you groom. So to have a proper relationship with God and to yeah. believe in God is going to be what brings you to freedom. So the same thing is true then is when you have a crippling anxiety that keeps you from being able to function, it's saying also what you believe. It's a, it's a testimony to what your belief system is. Yeah. I don't believe that God, or I don't, I believe that the world will destroy me. I believe that social mm-hmm. anxiety is such that I can't go into public for, because I'm afraid people will ostracize me or not accept me or harm me in some way. Mm-hmm. Those fears run the gamut. I can't imagine. Right. But it's a, it's a belief problem more than it is anxiety fear worry those are all symptomatic of a belief system that's embedded in your heart so you have to begin to help someone change their belief system that's where what do you do to help someone you've got to somehow begin to help reprogram their belief system so taking thoughts captive we talked about this a little bit last week as well taking thoughts captive yeah because the bottom line to most of those fears is that they are they are uh still just temporary issues they're not they're not legitimate things to be ultimately afraid of in fact we thought that this podcast would be called what what should we be afraid of because there's legitimate fears that you know um to me of eternal value that need to be considered there's also fears i always refer to the matrix movies and how we live in legitimately things that we don't see going on as what's really more real than what we're feeling and thinking and doing and operating in this fleshly right. you know existence so if if we could really see and be afraid of the real things such as the enemy wants to to destroy us he literally wants to eat you alive so if, like you just said, if your belief system is such that you allow that to happen, you've chosen to give that um, kind of over to him in the sense of uh, relinquishing control, and it's up to it's up to us to believe instead that God is the one that's in charge, that God loves me just like I am, and He loves me because I am not not being or doing a certain thing or being or accepted, you know, like a certain way or angle. I think we talked about how um, there are times then that in every one of our lives that we're going to face some really extreme things, some struggle days, some days of, you know, whatever it might be, some bad news comes or some uh, this or that, yeah, this or that thing in the atmosphere, whatever it might be, it could legitimately be weather issues or it could be um, family issues or it could be you know government issues different things like that are, are going to be a part of life so how do you cope from day to day with just knowing that those fears are kind of waiting out there to take you over the bible says to to they the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion trying to devour you and he's going to use fear and anxiety because mm-hmm. that's an Isn't easy, that you're an easy I thought target. Of you, I thought of when you were talking a second ago about Jeremiah um, 29, 11, you know, for under the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not, you hope, for your not welfare and for hope a and a future. And you quoted the other, the, the Satan is running around like a roaring lion seeking him to right. devour. You couldn't have two more clear mission statements. 
um, <laughs> between an adversary and uh-huh. um, a partner or, or a um, promoter, I guess. A um, savior, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, a savior is a word, but I was thinking of... Yeah, I know what you're saying. Of, of someone who's for you and someone who's not for you. you. A yeah. protagonist, antagonist, I don't know how that works. Anyway, God's for us. And so there's this you know, thought that you know we what who do we believe in if we're if we're literally and that says something to it too is there is an antagonist out there there is um a, a someone pro an enemy in yeah. it looking to destroy us the, it is the goal of god's enemy to destroy god's children whatever um we think about we need to understand that that's it's not just an internal struggle there's an external force at work that's going to look for your weaknesses and um and try to and exploit them exploit yeah. them that's the word i was looking for it was an e word i knew it um exploit mm-hmm. those weaknesses and 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 whisper into your ear all kinds of damning terrible things exactly. and so we then have to make a choice who are we going to believe um the the one who is for us or the one who is destroying us and why we so easily and readily believe i think i said at the beginning of this you know we all believe that good things happen to other people and not to yeah, us not but bad things happen only to us and not well other and i would say you know i've always considered you uh, an optimist so you tend to um, take the kind of better angle on things. You assess things in a good light or whatever. I've always done them right the opposite. I'm kind of a natural pessimist. So That's I most of our Bible tend to go, yeah. You're like, why do I see this? I'm like, you see that? Exactly. <laughs> so that's why this passage has been a life, um, I don't know, a life theme for me is to, to always keep in check, don't worry, and instead be thankful, and instead, and man, I make my Thanksgiving lists because my mind has to Literally go back there. I absolutely list. do, because my mind has to. I have to know some of these habits because that is a fight I'm in daily. Mine are not. Mine don't take the form of anxieties like um, I hear people use as often as others may be but I have genuine fears fears and raising children and fears and just about every day you know um, concerned that what happened what will happen or what might happen or whatever but the habits of life should be that we teach ourselves how to make up for our diff- for our uh, inability to just choose the right or to choose you know, like you just said, to believe God is for us. So the the rest of this passage is, um, yeah, you can read that in a little bit. Um, when we're when we're thinking about this, when we're dwelling on whatever's true and honorable, whatever's just fine, when I'm finding things to think of that are are what God is in. God is is good, and He is in the moral excellent, and He is in the um, commendable and the lovely. But it says further on down, Paul says, and do what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me and the God of peace will be with you. Meaning to me, do what you know, keep doing what you know, which to me, going back to the Bible, going back to writing all my anxieties down in in a book and journaling because that gets them out of my system and allows me to to deal with them outside Mm -hmm. rather than internally when my head can't do all that, you know, what, what do you anxious to no i'm not I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you i'm nodding I'm, I'm going yep yep because i'm thinking you know what what is the opposite of anxiety is peace yeah and you just said exactly. the god of peace that's right will be with you and i think it was interesting when i was um 
pointing your attention to as you started talking rudely, as I was rudely pointing your attention <laughs> to, you weren't rude, I was rude, um, right at the very beginning of this chapter that you're looking at, so then, my brothers, you are dearly loved and longed for. Paul's talking oh, about, wow, and, wow. I, and I, I like that, you know, God doesn't just dearly love us, he longs to be with us. Mm. Um, that's, to me, that's all so disarming, because fear is, is about abandonment, is about is about rejection it's about yeah, destruction right. it's a fear is that the worst possible can come upon me and it and, and it arrests our life it keeps us from taking risks it keeps us from from making friends it keeps Absolutely. us from starting new relationships it keeps us from sharing the faith that we have in Jesus it keeps us fear is just all for the the want of concern of preserving things in this world rather than understanding yeah. that we're dearly loved and longed for by God and that in that loving and longing for, if we will but concentrate, what you said, you know, down in, in eight and nine, if you concentrate on and constantly speak on and think on and dwell on these nobler things, then the God of peace, peace. will be with you. Because he's ushered in by, and back in verse four, rejoice in him, rejoice in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. I always comes to my mind. My mother was really good about um, teaching us to sing. She loved to sing all the time. <laughs> Thinking about that, rejoice, so. you know, or dance rejoice around a little, a little bit. Little. I I love some of the times that all of our family get a little bit nutso with um, Footloose, and we all just kind of dance around, and, and we just we've reflected on how <laughs> how much fun that is, how uh -huh. much joy it brings us, but how much it's just rejoicing being together. It's not. It's not any one particular um, thing that we're doing, but it's 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 rejoicing. It's being excited about the things God has given us to right. be excited about. So those things in the middle of this, Paul is saying, I think he's telling us therapy. You know, he's saying do these things instead of dwelling in those anxious thoughts because those aren't they're not going to take you anywhere. They're definitely not going to help for you to sit there and you know worry or, or consider what do I do with this instead here's some here's some ways to get out of it come do these things you know rejoice and be thankful and um, ask God and then um, let God's peace guard your heart let him come into your room with you because where you're dwelling on what is true what is honorable what is just what is pure then God's going to be in the midst there and and the Bible says that when he's there, Satan has to flee, which means the enemy of your soul, the one who's trying to destroy you, the one who's trying to eat you up with these fears and anxieties, he has to leave. He has to get out of the way. So you, he can't dwell there when God's being praised. So anyway, uh, some tips on to me how to fight that. And it's, it's not an easy thing. That's what this life is all about, is making those battle cries and Disciplining and yourself to, to do fight. the things that... Yeah, disciplining yeah. yourself to do the things that that will turn that your attitude around. Sometimes you have to act yourself into a way of feeling, you know. Yeah, and I'll You do that because it's right to do. I was going to say that the Apostle Paul even commented that, you know, send people to him because he was in prison a lot of his ministry. And, yeah. And send people to him because exactly he's a help to me. Because you get depressed when you can't. I was going to add in on that. you, know, you got to be We've been in a COVID prison for a year. People. We can't yeah. do ministry. And so how do you, you know, be encouraged? You can't be you know. isolated because that's another tool of the enemy is to d pull you off by yourself, t talk you into these things, and you believe them because it's all the press you're hearing. <laughs> yeah. 
Isn't that funny? Anyway, <laughs> it's a media trick, I'm telling you. If you don't hear all the We have news media truth, in our head right? all the time. It's not necessarily know, on right? major networks. You don't exactly. have to turn on a major network to have conflicting news in your brain. <laughs> I um No, but well, but go with God's people. God's people will bring you um first of all pieces of him as well as his presence is in the midst the bible says we're two or more gathered in his name he's there but also god's people are full of his love as well they're going to love you mm-hmm. if they're if they're not you're in the wrong place yeah exactly they're going to lead you to where there's peace to where there's and they're going to pray with you which most of the time that's what the biggest thing we need is just to know someone else cares and to lift it to god and give it to literally lay it on his shoulders. Okay, I'm going to give you the sermon outline for it. So it's principles and peoples. When we're struggling with anxieties, mm-hmm. we cling to God's principles and we reach out to God's people. All right. All because right. if we do those things, then the principles, you know, you mentioned worship. You mentioned dwelling on the right thought process. Worship mm-hmm. in the sense that if we sing songs, you know, silly, stupid songs sometimes, you know, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, That's I mean, not a silly, stupid song. That's a scripture. <laughs> <laughs> it's a scripture, it's a but it's bit turned be-boppy, into a yeah, bebop song. It's silly now to, in this modern worship thing where you can go on a chord forever. <laughs> and, you know, think about it in 30 years, people are going to, they played one chord and sang around that for like 30 minutes. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're, we're funny in every generation. Uh, I think, I just think, um, yeah, what, what are you afraid of? I think if you are afraid of the right things, if you're afraid of, as Jesus said, listen, why are you worried about the things of this world that only can take your body? Mm-hmm. Why don't you be concerned about someone greater and more powerful if you'll put your fear in the right place and then see that the one that you're afraid of wants good for you? Yeah. Yeah. Then, Doesn't that then seem that like fear a cure? becomes peace. Then you have that's peace right. in the midst of a proper placement of fear. Anyway, I think that's yeah. super cool. So um, cool enough to say enough. I think it's yeah. it's it's time to say enough. So thanks, uh, Tanya, for spending some time with your husband, having a conversation. Yeah. Um, we should change it to Tanya and Greg coffee and conversation because you <laughs> have coffee and I just talk too much. Oh, it I works. Like ask mom and dad's cool. Ask mom and dad. Okay, well, we're still going to stick with ask mom and dad. We just need more questions. So if you have questions you'd like us to answer, you can yeah. put them in the comment section below. The and if YouTube. you aren't having a comment section below, that's because you're not watching on YouTube. Ah. Um, but you can always fine. go to YouTube and look at us, look us up there, and we'll be glad to answer your questions. Please, we need more questions. If two of you out there give us two questions, that's two episodes right there. <laughs> so anyway, thanks again. I'm going to stop going on. Just say. Did I say thanks yet? I said thanks. Yeah. Thanks to Tanya. Thanks to myself. Thanks to um, Elijah for watching. <laughs> to Jared, Jared our, the, <laughs> our executive producer, Intern, and whatever, um, guy who has no voice that's sexy <laughs> to his wife. Apparently. So anyway, um, we'll leave it at that. I don't know. It's an inside joke. All right. Take care. Bye bye.